record on this computer here and yeah now now it's it's recording here whenever the thing says and okay so um now that things are rolling i just wanted to take the time to introduce ourselves uh i'm harold and we also have uh, uh with us christina perillo How's and it going, did i pronounce <laughs> that right yeah you did you did okay. so <laughs> okay um and we started the explain and change your pain facebook group um out of some of the experiences we've had as clinicians and student clinicians and we wanted to open up some resources to uh, mainly patients who are trying to find answers that actually make sense to them and can give them some hope give them some clarity for their pain and try to just dig themselves out of any sort of mess they might find themselves in the secondary goal for this is to um, find a way to help clinicians and just disrupt the state of the healthcare and wellness industry in a way that will enable us to be better providers and just take a lot of our own egos out of the equation, take our own doctrine mm -hmm. out just enough where we can open the floor up to to collaborative care to actually being patient focused instead of being so much focused on feeding the system and there's a lot of a lot of faults at play here but uh christina you want to uh do a quick little intro and then i wanted to ask you a couple questions yeah so um i'm a new grad physical therapist so i'm really just within my first year of practice um currently in an outpatient clinic but I mean, really what interested me in, you know, combining this knowledge of what we call pain science with not just what we know with the biological model, but really like psychologically and socially. So, um, you know, from what I've seen rotation wise and currently what I'm seeing in this very clinic that I'm in is that there's like clearly a gap between what we know as physical therapists in terms of how we view pain and it's, um, relationship with you socially as well as psychologically and really a gap between that and what patients know so you know i think really our i guess our goal and our effort is to almost bridge the gap between the two and knowing that you know we're hoping to really start to improve outcomes especially with patients that have um you know long-term chronic pain so um that's just a little bit about me um, Harold, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself also? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I've been in practice for, well, I've been practicing as a clinician for about three years now, I want to say. And um, my own personal background in, in all of this is really just, just actually when I started out as a green clinician, I started out in, uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of, I have a lot of respect for the people that I've worked for and the way that they've uh, set things up. But one thing that I was having a lot of trouble with, and I think a lot of clinicians do struggle with this on some level, and a lot of patients struggle with this, is the fact that it's hard to, um, 
it's hard to compromise, make some compromises in the clinic where you can see enough, um, enough patients to uh, be able to keep your lights on and, and maintain the clinic, but also deliver effective care. And this, this just turns into more volume than anything. And uh, I've, I've learned a lot of things along the way. Um, ask me to clarify anything along the way. I'm, I'm kind of spitballing a couple of these, these things that just came across, that I came across. But one of the things that I learned as a first year clinician was, okay, I, I'm starting to see some patients with HMO insurances, um, four per hour here. That's the designation. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I spend any less time on them, but I might spend less attention on them. And there's a lot of stories that are attached to attached to their history. There's there's a lot of a lot of emotional pain behind their physical pain, and a lot of that can be missed when you don't get to devote your attention to them. And because of that. We, we tend to simplify things. We oversimplify people into diagnoses. And then uh, like, oh, this is a low back. This is a knee. This is a shoulder. This is a neck. This is a motor vehicle accident. It's, it is easier and more convenient communicating with each other as providers, but it's really unfair for our patients because it's, we, don't, we don't see the other part of the story. We don't see that this has been a problem for 10, 20 years. We don't see that this has created a workplace um, problem or problems with a family. Um, this has disrupted their way of living and has taken a lot of hope away. And then maybe it might not have created uh, emotion, emotional problems like depression and anxiety, but it may have amplified and created triggers there. And then they, the people that I've been seeing, they start to have a spiral of frustration and it, it becomes harder as a clinician also. So um, last year, I actually found some very smart people that I, I um, learned from through, through some uh, mentorship on how do, you, how do you treat people who are having what we call chronic pain which is pain that you've been having for a long time. How do you address different sects of people with uh, more systemic issues like um, fibromyalgia pain um, or things like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus? Those are factors that can amplify uh, otherwise ordinary um, musculoskeletal diagnosis, a, normal, a problem that might just be a bump in the road that can take longer when these things are come along the way. But what a lot of my takeaways were, uh, they're very similar to what you mentioned, Christina, um, in terms of looking at the whole person and going beyond the biological approach. Um, I actually wanted to put, uh, throw that back at you, Christina. What motivated you to look at these people in particular as someone that you wanted to focus on? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the truth about pain is that it is so complex. Um, it's not as, you know, black and white or clear cut as we think it is. 
Um, and there's actually a lot of gray area. And um, I think really is um, kind of like healthcare providers, you know, we honestly don't really quite understand it, but it is starting to become something that we know a little bit more of, but we're not exactly sure what does cause pain. So, um, you know, I'm really just hoping that by starting this platform, which I think will allow us to help patients with chronic pain or long-term pain um, a little bit better and in an effort that we can, you know, dispel some of those myths that are out there, maybe navigate some conflicting information and really just start having a good conversation about it. So really learning on our end on how to approach it, but also, you know, providing the information that we know to you guys and letting you guys um, make of it what you will, but it's really in an effort to help manage pain is what I'm is what I'm saying. So, you know, it's a population that does need a little bit more attention than I think what we're accustomed to getting when we're in a clinic. So this to me would be like the perfect platform for that. Yeah, you said a lot of great things in there that I really agree with. Um, you mentioned that this is, this is more of um, an effort to help people manage their pain. And we're not talking about just like pain management from a medical standpoint, right? Um, why don't we try to explain what that is for a little bit and we can take other time, uh, make time for doing a deeper dive into what pain management really is. But in your experience, what, what does pain management really mean for you and for your patients? Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, the very root of pain management is more having patient-centered goals. So really identifying what the patient wants to get back to, because it's not the same for everyone. Um, they can have different goals, whether that be, I wanna walk more, I wanna run, you know, I wanna be able to just play with my grandkids. So really taking those goals and offering different ways to help reach those goals. So whether it's something, you know, we'll go back to our basics, so exercise. Um, how can we make exercise more to be about movement as opposed to, here's a bridge or, you know, go ride a, ride a bike. Um, how can we make it tailored towards patients and individuals? And even down to like just holistic intervention. So, you know, meditation, yoga, other aspects of care that we may not think of, but, you know, research has shown that it can be proven to help reduce some of that pain. So, you know, that's just what I'm gathering my early career, but Harold, do you have any um, extra things you want to throw in there? Anything else that has helped you? Um, uh, 100%. Uh, and I, again, things like meditation, yoga, they are um, a lot mm -hmm. of principles that are just missed that I've seen in the clinic. And I, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus here, by the way. Everyone's doing their best and they mean mm -hmm. the best here. Um, but it doesn't hurt to borrow concepts from other fields. Right, yeah. I agree. Um, and it, it definitely doesn't hurt to do your homework and do the research. Mm -hmm. And as, as professionals here, we, we've spent a lot of time in school, but we can still continue to put in the time to um, take out quality research and current research and integrate that into what we do and also communicate it effectively. Um, you, uh, things like 
going, riding a bicycle, doing a bridge, they're actually really good things. They're, they're, they're fantastic things. But when we, uh, at least I know I have over-prescribed exercises, like, oh, you know, do 30 of these and 30 of those. And there's like a list of 10 exercises, even like a list of five exercises. It becomes really overwhelming for somebody who has had a lot happen to them who uh and then like a cascade of other events and there's there are a lot of solutions to the problem but it's more that there there needs to be someone to validate uh what they what they know and they've experienced and then show them a new way here and hopefully we can um show them that there are a variety of options Mm-hmm. and uh also provide a platform where where um our people here our our patients and clients and just anyone who's curious anyone who's been having these problems they can voice their frustrations but also voice them to some someone who has um some experience in this area and can i don't think I know everything in fact I mean, there's there's too much that I don't know <laughs> but I, I we are connected to people that are experts in their own um in their own field, fields yeah. here and I think that just by connecting the dots for for our patients um they can find answers and we could just show them the way we can highlight the the path here and in the process we learn more and we learn how to better deliver these things. Right. Definitely. I agree 100%. I mean, um, you're right. It's really just about connecting the dots. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of research out there, but it's a matter of putting it all together to create, you know, a good comprehensive um, management plan for someone. It's giving them the resources to make decisions for themselves. If that's something they want to pursue, if that, they want to try something else, but you know, really, as professionals, we're here to offer and really just connect the dots together. So, um, you know, Harold, what is your um, what is your, I guess, vision for this platform or vision for um, explain and change your pain? What is your hope? My hope is that um, so there's a lot of people. A lot of folks right now, uh, especially during this COVID-19 stuff, which uh, I'm, we don't need to get into right now, but um, there's, there's been a lot of care that's, that's stopped out of necessity, and I don't disagree with it, but my hope is that we can start to provide means of communication and delivering care, uh, delivering any sort of hope, uh, and I'm speaking broadly first, to anyone who's suffering. And I'm gonna use an old definition of suffering that I learned from, from uh, PT school. Um, suffering, is, pain is uh, experiencing um, something that could be dangerous. I'm paraphrasing here, in your body, experiencing something that can be dangerous and um, avoiding that. Suffering is not understanding why you're experiencing pain. Now there's a there are some tenets from my PT background that I may disagree with, 
but I don't disagree with this one. I think understanding at least to some extent why we hurt and actually realizing that it's okay to hurt, but we need to find some action to take in knowing what's okay, what's not okay, and what we can, where we can live in that zone. I'm hoping that anyone watching this is going to have some sort of insight they can take away from that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. You know, um, to some degree, yes, pain is okay, but, you know, past a certain point, that's where we want to step in and really provide what our expertise is and really, like I said, connect the dots and just address the person as a whole. Um, you know, I think for me, it's really just about reinventing the way we approach healthcare. And that starts with reimagining how we approach it ourselves as, um, as therapists. So, you know, knowing that there are other healthcare providers out there that have insight to provide information, like whether it's like meditation, yoga, or just um, other aspects of care and incorporating it into our own and making it options. I think, you know, that's really what we're here for. And that's one of our hopes and for this entire platform is just to empower our patients to take control for themselves and to manage their, their pain and their symptoms. Did you ever have like an aha moment when you were learning, like even now as a student or as a clinician or with one of your patients, like, oh, this, this is where we need to start changing things up. Is there a, sp a specific case that comes to mind? Um, you know, I can't think of a specific case off the bat. Um, but what I do think of often is that, you know, patients get better. They get better to the point where they get discharged from physical therapy. Um, but the problem is they keep coming back with the same issue. And I think that's where that cycle continues. And that's where we need to break the cycle is how do we educate our patients? How do we provide them with the tools that they need to manage their pain and their symptoms on their own and not have to, you know, go through the cycle of healthcare providers? So is there a particular moment for you that stood out or like your aha moment? Yes, um, there's one that I remember vividly. And I actually, this was after I had, I had sought some extra mentorship and help but I still didn't really know how to, to help this person. Um, so under, under certain insurance plans, uh, and I, I guess I'm kind of throwing our healthcare system under the bus a little bit, but that's kind of the point. We need, to, we need to recognize where there are problems and we need to change it. It's not that, that institutions are evil, but that the way things are set up, it can be clunky, and we have to start to adapt and we have to be creative. But this person, they were on a, an insurance plan that just wouldn't fit a model of treatment that we could support for a long period of time. And we didn't have much time to evaluate this person's scenario. I had asked them what they, what they were in here for, how I could help them. And this was kind of, this was the, in some areas, we might view this as someone who's just difficult to work with. They sat in the corner of the room, arms folded, and just not opening up. And there's, there's a level of trust that you have to 
you have to um, provide and that takes time. And I realized that I don't know if I can get this person to open up in one visit, which was the number of visits that I had with it. I don't know if I can get this person to open up in one visit with 30 minutes to talk or even 15 minutes as a follow-up. I don't think um, just sending this person home with a list of exercises was the way to go because this person, when I asked them what they wanted, they basically just told me, I don't want this. And um, mm. that, that just floored me. I, was, I, I didn't really know how to get more out of this person to the point where I could help them. And I realized that we need to have more resources. We need to have um, a way of communicating with them that isn't just through prescribing certain exercises, that isn't just through um, doing an electric stimulation unit mm-hmm. um, or even uh, what we call manual therapy. And that could be a variety of things like massage or uh, joint mobilization. Those are all tools that we have, but those tools wouldn't necessarily be the panacea. They wouldn't even, I don't even know if they would uh, solve any issues in the immediate term. And that's where having better discussions and just validating these people is going to give us so much of a better result. Right. I agree. It's really starting off with having meaningful discussions um, with our patients and not even just with them, but with our colleagues as well. Um, But I guess with saying that, um, is there any other like questions or anything else that you would like to ask or maybe just tell about what to, you know, expect from not just us, but from, you know, our Facebook group and, you know, um so my my thinking this is this is going to be um ever shifting and based on past discussions that christina you and i have had together um we've adopted this approach of imperfect action more than perfect inaction so we're going to constantly be changing and molding things and that's based on what the need is for people in this group Mm-hmm. The expectation is that we will be able to deliver some sort of answer to questions on that that people have that why am I hurting? What can I do about it? That's that's the main thing. How long is this going to take? But also bring in experts of their own in their own fields to discuss things like sleep and stress and mm-hmm. exercise and, and diet. Um, you know, I, I can always draw back on my own experiences, but I don't want to be the only mouthpiece here. And I don't think you, you want to be the only person here either. I think that we have a lot to learn from others and right. that can be passed over to anyone who's listening here. Mm-hmm. The, what we'd like to deliver is ultimately want to be able to help you, um, our audience, identify where you're at in your journey and identify a path 
that you can follow. So you have some level of direction and then just be there as mentors along the way and guide you where you need to go. And sometimes that might require uh, more time. And we, I, we spoke about this. Time is, is a factor here that we, we need to be able to have conversations. And that, that just doesn't happen in the span of 15 minutes. And then, and then finding the right people. Um, it's an open forum. Anyone that has questions, struggles, please feel free to post them. It's a safe place. If I find that, if, that there's any sort of negative discussion, any um, spamming, that's, there's not gonna be a warning for that. It's, there's no tolerance for that. Anyone who's suffering, they don't need to have that extra burden, especially in a place where they should be uh, They should be able to trust. So that's that's not going to that's not going to happen here. Right. So really, just trying to extend our reach. Um, there's a lot of professionals in our field already. They're doing a lot of great work, a lot of great research, and you know they're doing their part to, I guess, you know, spread the message about you know how to approach pain, how to manage pain, and. You know, really just on our end, we want to make sure that we're doing what we can, whatever that may be, to extend our reach and our influence. So, you know, with that, um, any questions or any <laughs> comments, any ideas? Uh, yeah, let's, let's take the time to open this up to our panelists and um, anyone who's late to the party, uh, I know we're not live right now on Facebook, but if you have any questions, you can always ask us. You can directly message either one of us. That's perfectly okay. But uh, based on what we were talking about um, or the future of this, or even if you have something specific you want to ask, um, now's a great time. Or if it's a little more personal, you can uh, find one of us after the meeting and just send us, shoot us a message. So let's, let's open that up. I know we got... Uh, Rick and Jeff here. <laughs> Our hey two panelists. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, when did you guys come up with this? When did we come up with this? Maybe about two weeks ago. I mean, since we've known each other, um, I've known him since my last rotation. So, since I've known him, you know, we've had really like that, a very similar philosophy on how we approach um, patient care. Um, you know, Harold's been a great mentor. He's always shared with me information and, you know, summits and presentations to watch. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, since everything started, he, you know, sent me a text and we kind of just hit the ground running really. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think two weeks is, is about right. Mm -hmm. Um, Christina was, uh, I wasn't directly your clinical instructor. I just kind of stepped in those last couple of weeks but we we shared a lot of philosophies and um I, I thought that at some point in your career i would like to work with you and and try to push our field along because we it's not so much of a hands-off approach to treatment but a recognizing that there are multiple ways to help people and we have to be open-minded and and look at how we communicate mostly in particular to deliver effective outcomes and maybe recognize that we're not delivering those outcomes. We're just um, 
allowing our patients to to find those outcomes in the way that we set things up. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the best way to put it is, you know, we provide information and we kind of let you guys, um, like I said, make of it what, what you will. But, you know, that's really what our effort is here. All right. Any other questions from our one and only Rick? <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys open up a lot of thought, you know, a lot of creative ideas, things that I've already experienced um, in the last two years mm -hmm. with therapists and people in the field. I'm a private trainer, a yoga instructor myself. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And um, my approach, you know, has changed a lot in the years. I used to train people because they had body parts. And now I'm much more interested in uh, a more of a holistic approach. And like you were discussing, so you, you're, some of what you're saying is really ringing true. Um, I started going to a uh, conference two years ago. And I went again this, this year, in the beginning of the year, to a company called MedFit. And they, they have it in uh, San Diego, uh, not San Diego, uh, be exactly where it's down south. I think and, it was um, Irvine. Yes, that's, thank you. Yes. <laughs> So uh, at, at Irvine University, and um, their whole goal for her MedFit is to bring professionals together and create a system that's going to bring people on the same like path. So if you're a trainer and you don't know how to handle uh, shoulder rotator cuff problems or, or how to handle people after they've been rehabbed, Mm -hmm. They want you to get the education, so they're setting up the courses and things that you would take. Um, they want you to be well-rounded, so they've got a lot of things they're offering, but um, they're still developing that whole system. So um, I have been reaching out like to Harold and other, other people, trying to establish connections that I can work with, you know, because I, uh, well, you don't know, but I... Um, I since I told you I used to train people because they had body parts. Um, I got trained as a advantage trainer. It was called at my club, and we worked with the Egoscue Clinic in San Diego to develop ourselves to become uh, postural assessment and gait analysis specialist. So that we would look at people and see their imbalances, and then we would take those that information from assessments and things like that, and apply it. We would actually have to give it to the Egoscue Clinic. In San Diego, and then they would give us the workout, and so we would do the workout with the with the with the, uh, the client. Um, but the club didn't like that, so what they did was they said, "We want you all to know how to do the assessments and to determine what exercises, based on origins and insertions and things like that. What were you doing? Like you know, knowing that the latissimus dorsi of the lats and the pectoral muscles are all internal rotators." they cause kyphosis or round, round shoulders and, and poor spinal uh, curves. So you don't want a forward, forward tilt. You want to be upright and you want to be corrected. So that changed a lot for me. And then of course, going through yoga really integrates a lot of like thousands and thousands of exercises. Yes. Yeah. And so, so it takes thousands of exercises to produce postural corrections without even using weights you know, which I was all about weights and resistance training. Yeah. But now, but now knowing like Cobra 
and 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 salavasana or locust position and things like that where you're you're expanding and opening up your chest and you're rolling your shoulders on your back and you're extending your spine into these sort of back bends creating the strength that you need to make you upright help you become upright from within rather than trying to strengthen muscles that you could overpower things with so it's really you know there's a lot going on I mean, you guys really give me a lot of food for thought yeah i mean that's awesome you're right it's like just using and relying on your own body to create you know an environment to to heal and to um you know rehab from these injuries without relying on any external like weights or any external equipment so i mean that in itself is pretty powerful i think is just you're relying on solely you know yourself so and you know starting with breath i mean people breathe incorrectly for the most part and and you can actually lose an inch to an inch and a half off your waist oh wow i didn't know that breathing correctly Wow. Yeah. Uh, mouth breathing, diaphragmatic breathing instead of nos instead of you know, instead of mouth breathing, going through the nose instead of the mouth. And you know, we breathe twenty six thousand times per day on the average. And yeah. those people who are constantly through their lifestyle are constantly breathing to the strengthening of the muscles of the neck, shoulders, chest, and back are gonna all experience these tightnesses that they they're not gonna be able they're gonna feel like they're being held down. So when you start teaching people how to breathe in an upright position or on their hands and knees or on their back or in a, you know even in a twisted position uh, whether they're twisting their body and they're breathing then you know start integrating that breathing process suddenly you know if you're having pain or discomfort in your lower back suddenly your your, your abdominals are drawn in more secure and you know it's just and then they're like well I don't like breathing like that I don't I'm not that's not normal for me and I'm like you know what it wasn't for me either but when I started practice it regularly for like, let's say a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, down the road, I, I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. a beautiful example of it takes consistency. And I think it's like the message for anything is if you want to see change, you want to see progress or success, it's really, you know, consistency is the name of the game. And now you're giving me something to think about. 26,000 times we breathe and... <laughs> yeah, on the average, 26,000 breaths per day. Yeah, and, um, you know, you really, you think about that. That's quite amazing. I think maybe the, yes. only, other thing we, the only other thing we might do is have uh, a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, go more than that, you know. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, I, I wanted to kind of throw in a quick aside here. Uh, I know um, there's been... A, in my career, and I think in everyone's career as healthcare providers, there's been certain turf wars in terms of chiropractic, massage, personal trainers. That doesn't, that doesn't exist to me. Well, it's, it's present, but here, honestly, from what I've seen, you can deliver great outcomes no matter your background. Obviously, you want to have training and you want to have accredited training, and it, it should be research driven. But when you start splitting hairs and you start lighting dumpster fires online over, over certain philosophies, that's not right. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's, it's what gets, what gets patients better. And, and so um, what you're, what you're talking about with, with MedFit and with, um, with being a, looking at postural analysis and gait assessment 
in the past, I, I need to explain this a little bit. Um, we were trained as PTs to, to embody this idea that, oh, you're the musculoskeletal expert. You're the, the experts of gait. And there is no doubt in my mind that as physical therapists, we better know our biomechanics and we better know our gait and we better know how to, how to address postural deficits. But that doesn't mean the door isn't open to anyone else to, to deliver great outcomes using the same thing and maybe even doing better at it, um, especially for how long you've been in the game here, Rick. Yeah, 20, 25, 26 years. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Something else I wanted to throw out there, and I, I probably should have prefaced this, is we're, we're still recording right now, and I, I do want to put this up, not just on our Facebook page, but also put it up in video form on YouTube and on podcasts. I should have hit the stop recording button a little while ago, um, but this is, this is newbie learning how to deal with the online game. Um, are you comfortable sharing this in your, yourself online, Rick? Yeah, I, okay. absolutely. I actually, you know, through Pierce College, I'm doing Zoom on my own because I have to for them because that's the way they've gone now. Okay. And um, so I'm, I'm used to like talking and explaining and yeah, I don't have a problem with, oh, you mean like legally, is it okay yeah. to let this stuff out? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, I will, def we'll definitely get this up on, on the air in iTunes. Um, and since you did jump on and you, you did kind of tell us a little bit about what you're doing, uh, tell us where we can find you for anyone listening. All right. Um, I have a website um, that I developed. It's not a very big website, but it's called basicfitness.us. And um, I am on Facebook as well on a couple of groups. Um, the uh, Calabasas group is, is something that might be closed to some people. So it may not be open to everybody to see. Uh, but I am on Facebook and my um, I don't know how else other people could find me other than my email, you know, and, and maybe just uh, um, maybe through events like this, you know, okay. just, being, just being on here, I'd love to be able to uh, help out or, or ask questions when, when uh, I don't really know what's, you know, what maybe the topic is about or, you know, I'm not really sure about it. Okay. Well, we'll we'll be sure to drop your your website and your email in in the video when we when we post it and in the show notes. Yeah, Great. and I mean, I yeah, definitely. The the yoga I teach for Pierce College is uh, open to the public. Anybody oh. can go. Uh, you just have to sign up through Encore, and um, you can go online and sign up. And I have permission numbers that I give people that can get them in at any time they want. Like we're we're already in like several many weeks of, of class last week was the first class that we started up on zoom oh, and nice. Nice. So anybody can really join those classes they just usually have to go to the encore website sign up for it and uh and then they can come in on, on zoom and take my class you know and there's no awesome. limit of course on zoom we have an amazing zoom program through the college we can have up to 300 people in a class oh awesome yeah that definitely allows for a lot of people to to jump in and start taking your yeah. program so maybe we'll look into it too <laughs> yeah and and also um i can have up to i don't think there's i'm not sure there's a limit on the amount of time that i can spend on it like i know that zoom 
basic Zoom has like 40, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, I, my class is set for two hours. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, so I think you're, you're using like a premium version, but. Yeah, it's called uh, Zoom. It's at zoom.us and it's, it is a premium one. It's the college's, the, the okay. college of the best stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Rick. Thank you for yeah. uh, sitting through the whole thing. Oh, thank you. No, I, you know, I didn't, I, I saw it. We appreciate it. <laughs> I just happened to, to see on my Facebook that you guys were going to be live. And I said, oh my gosh, I'll check it out, you know. All right. Well, you know, hopefully we can get you in and then maybe talk a little bit more about um, yoga and its benefits also and kind of do a little segment on that. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm open to talk about a lot of things. I have. I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of creative ideas and motivational things for people, uh, programs. Um, I invented something called the functional life sport training model. And it uh, takes six different disciplines to eventually get someone to uh, either from corrective phase all the way up to uh, sports, you know, whether they oh, want to compete or not. So um, I, don't, I, I take six different disciplines. I don't really look at it as health and fitness but more of wellness, more of a, a well-balanced approach. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's probably the best way to look at it is, is wellness. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. You said holistic, yes. Okay, um, that's, that's a pretty, pretty successful first run here. Um, we'll try to pop on once a week maybe or once every other week. We'll, we'll definitely give uh, all of you guys a notice on when we're going to come on live. So if you want to jump on with us, then we'll always uh, put the invitation link down below in our Facebook group. And hopefully by then, uh, we'll have figured out how to synchronize the webinar with the Facebook Live. Yep, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. That's great. Thank you. All right. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. listening and watching. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Take care.